Welcome to the Jesus the Game Changer podcast from Olive Tree Media, hosted by Carl Fays. In today's podcast, theologian John Swinton talks about the Greco-Roman world and the impact of Jesus' presence then and now. John, what's your background? My background is in the nursing before I came into theology. I nursed as a mental health nurse for 16 years. Wow. Just from that background, as, you, as we think about the Greco-Roman world, the world that Jesus stepped into, yeah. how did they deal with, say, people with mental illnesses or disabilities? Well, the world would be a very dark place for people who were unable to produce, who were experiencing disability, because the way in which people valued one another within that context related to what they could do. So it's kind of a utilitarian context where even children were only valued by, in terms of what they could do when they grew up. Yeah. And so the bottom line would be that disabled children would be killed, they'd be put in a hill and to be exposed. Wow, just left outside. Just left outside. And uh, likewise for elderly people, you know, there would be no social care. Because they can't produce, they would be considered uh, useless. And that was just the kind of normal value of the community. So into that yeah. community steps Jesus. What did Jesus teach that was different from that community? Well, Jesus taught that value was intrinsic, that it wasn't for what you could do, that you were valued by the Father just simply for who you are. And he really very subtly and sometimes quite gently transformed the whole of that society in the sense that, you know, for example, taking a child, holding it up as a paradigm of the kingdom is absolutely profound. This child who society would destroy, he says, you look at this child, you see something of what the world's about, what the maker and creator of the universe is about. Likewise, his relationships with women were quite transformative. Women were considered to be chattels, property, but he communes with them. He allows women to do things that no other rabbi would do. Mm. And so, yeah, it's, it's a fantastically... Now, now the, the early church picked that up, didn't it? The early church certainly did pick up on that, and they were strong in the way that they uh, kind of lived quite differently from the Greco-Roman culture, had different attitudes towards children, and in a, in a real sense stood against that kind of uh, way of valuing people. Did, did that cause, was that part of the reason that the church grew so much in those first several hundred years? It would be a contributing factor. I mean, the, the early church was, was, well, two things. Once it was, it was a community, very communally oriented and very much focused on Jesus. But of course, the early church had its own problems, which is why we have the letters of Paul. So, but yes, some of the seeds of that transformation would have been sown there. Would you say that the, the teaching of Jesus on the kind of individual is important? Was, it, was a, a real transforming thought for the whole of the community society that, that then, was then? I think the early church, like the church today in a sense, works like a catalyst. A, a catalyst only transforms things by being itself. It doesn't look to be anything bigger than itself. And I think the church kind of did that. It, it focused in on who, what it meant to be a Christ-like community. And by living that out, brought about transformation beyond that. In other words, it didn't have a kind of big vision of itself that we're going to change and transform the world. The vision that was given to the church was to be itself. And by being itself, it did change and transform now, the world. When you say being itself, what do you mean by that? I mean, what was being itself? Was that, was that actually representing the person of Jesus? It was taken seriously, the Christ-centeredness of creation, of, of the world. 
you know, in the death and resurrection of Jesus, uh, the early church saw something quite, quite differently. You know, the world hadn't changed. It looked exactly the same, but the way in which they were able to look at the world was quite, quite different. So in that sense, uh, what that means is just simply allowing being with Jesus before and after the resurrection to transform how we see the world. Wow. In, in particular situations like, for instance, the, the times like the plagues when people were dying, the church stepped into those modes, didn't it? Well, the church certainly had something to say. You know, in a situation of deep hopelessness like that, and when it looks like your whole society is coming apart, the possibility that there's more to life than this was very, very important. So yeah. it followed through and created bridges. Yeah. So, John, what we're talking about, the church hasn't always reflected the attitude of Jesus, has it? No, it hasn't always. I mean, and there are certain theological issues that are problematic. For example, the connection between uh, demonology and certain forms of mental health problems yes. that clearly are, are significant issues. But one of the big issues, I suppose, in, in relation to, for example, people with intellectual disabilities, is the association of the image of God with rationality. Yeah. And the way that uh, you know, rationality and the essence of humanness is presented within the Christian tradition often makes it very difficult to see the humanness in people who have advanced dementia, right. mental health problems or intellectual disabilities. If what we think is what we are, yeah. then there's an issue. And so what we've got to do is still see the image of Jesus in people with those disabilities. Well, Matthew 25 is, is bang on, isn't it? You know, it's all about where's a stranger? The stranger is Jesus. Where's Jesus? Within. Yeah, yeah, within yeah. the stranger. You look at the stranger, whoever that may be, and of course, the society that creates strangers, and you see Jesus. If we can learn to look at one another with a holiness and begin to see Jesus in one another, then everything shifts. How, how do you see that playing out in the church across the world now? I mean, where in the world, across the world, is the church reflecting that attitude of Jesus? I think the essence of what the church is, is that, you know, wherever the church is, we should be seeing that. Now, sometimes we get caught up in bureaucracy, sometimes we get caught up in reacting to difficult social and political and spiritual situations. But Jesus says, you know, one of the most remarkable passages is when in John's Gospel, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. You know, the maker and creator of the universe says, the universe says, you are my friend. And then he says, as long as you do what I command you. And then later on he says, well, what do I command you to do? To love one another you know if people can embody that and see that then we're into a different game we this series is called jesus the game changer how do you see jesus as the game changer well, i think jesus helps us to see things completely differently we live in a world that's filled with meaninglessness filled with brokenness filled with suffering if you look at the mental health statistics for the so-called wealthy western world people are broken full of anxiety full of depression committing suicide, there's all sorts of horrible things that go on within our culture. Jesus brings a different light into that. He offers a possibility of certainty, of meaningfulness rather than meaninglessness. And in doing that, he opens up the possibility for people to live well. You know, Jesus brings life in all its fullness. It'd be great if we could just see what that looks like. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the radio, video and podcast ministry of Olive Tree Media, visit olivetreemedia.com.au forward slash donate.